Hey everyone, I'm Sarah James, a beauty blogger and self-help aficionado. And I'm Kristen Howerton, a writer and psychotherapist. And you are listening to Selfie, a weekly podcast about two women trying to tackle better self-care. We are both of the opinion that self-care is important, and yet we find it elusive. And while we may have all the info we need, we don't always get there. From the silly to the serious, we are taking a vulnerable yet humorous look at body, mind, and spirit and maybe a touch of the random, all while looking at the distractions and defenses that keep us from caring for ourselves like we should. Hey guys, well, it is our first show since the new year. We are going to be talking with Matthias Roberts. He is the author of a new book called Sex Without Shame. I think it is a really resonant conversation, really almost all of us. I mean, I feel like everyone struggles with shame and sexuality. Absolutely. I'm here with Claire today. I mean, does that resonate with you? Oh, for sure. Especially like being a young mom Uh and kind of learning my body after giving birth. Right. And then kind of figuring out like what was okay, what wasn't okay. And then also like when you're in a relationship and you're growing with somebody, it's really hard to like not not feel shame if there's something that you want to do that maybe they don't want to. Mm -hmm. Things like that. Or also like things that happened in your past. Yeah. And then how do you break bridge that conversation. Right. This is like, this would affect men and women both. Oh, for sure. And you got married really young as well. We're both divorced. We're both, uh, but you got married at what age? 22. Right. I got married at 21. Like, what was wrong with us? (laughs) Well, I mean. I mean, we were children, really. I mean, speaking of sexual shame, I mean, what was wrong with me is that I didn't have sex till I got married. So I was motivated. That's great. To get married early because you wanted to have sex. Right. You know? Which I think especially a lot of people who are involved in the church. Yeah. That is why so many of them get married young. So oh, that for they sure. don't have to feel the shame. Yeah, for sure. For just experiencing normal feelings. For sure. Yeah. But I also think a lot of women have sexual shame because, at least for me, um, being raised in the church, the message mm-hmm. we got was that the men or the boys at the time were the initiators and Correct. the chasers and we were the breaks we were the re- you know resistance someone told me when i was like a teenager perch don't search and i remember carrying that for wow. so long that's like, so crazy it's just a gross message it is just sit and wait for your prince to come right you. Yeah. and then you know the message was also like the masturbation conversation was for boys and the porn conversation Absolutely. was for boys. And they would even split us up. And I remember one time it was like, the boys are going to talk about masturbation and sex and the girls are going to talk about gossip because that's our struggle. Or babies. Yeah. Or so like, it's like swaddling a baby. There was this sense of like, well, I'm not supposed to have these sexual feelings because like girls well, I'm aren't not like supposed that. To- and um, I'm not supposed to experience pleasure. Yes. Or initiate. Correct. Or I'm just supposed to kind of Let be it here. happen to me. Yes. Weird rape culture, right? <laughs> it's true. It's Let so it true. Let it happen to us. Yeah. Versus it's so true. being educated. When you were in high school, did you ever have, um, did like a Planned Parenthood or anything like that ever come to your school? No. Okay. I don't remember ever having formal sex ed, but I mean, I'm older than you. When I was in high school, I grew up in a really um, conservative community. Mm-hmm. They came to our high school. I was probably junior or senior, and we hadn't had sex ed yeah. conversation. Um, it wasn't something. I think it maybe in health class something was mentioned, but they came to our school and did like an inner quad, a fifteen minute thing with you know condoms, birth control. Yeah. Here's some cards. That's here's good. where you go. I learned more in that fifteen minutes than yeah. I did the entire. Yeah. Probably until I was like twenty five. Oh yeah. Thank God for them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did not. I didn't, I knew very little about sex. I went into marriage knowing little about sex. Really? And I, 
still knew little about sex. <laughs> like I, you know, I was just very, I didn't know where, I didn't know that I had a vagina hole until I had to use a tampon. What do you mean? Like, I thought I just had, I never looked down there. I had never, like, I just thought my pee hole was everything. Okay, right? yeah, like, yeah. That is I guess I thought yeah. that, like, everything came out of the pee hole. And you were like, whoa! So then a friend hands me a tampon and says, not the pee hole, the other hole. And I'm like, what other hole? Because <laughs> you had never even ex- no. explored yourself. No. Do you remember no. that movie, Fried Green Tomatoes? Yes. Where there's a, there's a scene in that movie where she is supposed to, like, it's kind of gross, but it speaks to women not ever being told or... That they're allowed to explore their bodies. Yeah. Um, and she holds a hand mirror to herself. She's like in, yes. this, in this empowering women's group. Yes. And it's kind of weird. And she's uncomfortable, but she goes mm-hmm. home and she does that. I was really young when I saw this. Probably early teens. And I I, I hadn't at that point either. Yeah. And I literally went upstairs, found a hand mirror, and I was just like, wow. It's like there's a lot of stuff happening down there. Yeah. So many things happening down there. Oh, yeah. And then I think we also, like, I think women experience shame because... You know, if you let the movies tell it, we can all have an orgasm through just regular missionary style vaginal sex within five minutes, Mm -hmm. which I mean, right. Like statistically, I think, you know, women take like probably 20 minutes, most women. Yeah. And most women, I think, need a little more than penetration. I mean, I think the statistics are like 10% of women can have an orgasm from just. I cannot. Sex. I 100% cannot. Never I have, and I was really concerned in my early in my marriage yeah. that there was something wrong with me. No. Because I couldn't. Because nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about it. And you watch movies and they both have an orgasm at the same time. Which is like, how is that even possible? Right? And she's having it with no stimulation. Right. Just like <laughs> regular old sex. Yeah. Yeah. I can have an orgasm with sex, but it's it's rare. It's also really hard for me to quiet my mind. Well, that. To even get there. Same. And that's why I also need, like, you know, sometimes I need, like, you know, three or four implements happening. (laughs) (laughs) I need, like, because there's so much going on. Yeah, yeah. And we also put so much pressure on ourselves to seem like the good um, partner. Yes. So we want to make sure that we're making them comfortable by letting them know that they're making us comfortable. Totally. Which is just so stupid because they don't care. They're really, they, at the end of the day, most guys, I'm saying like maybe your partner cares, but a lot of guys are like, you know. Yeah. They're just happy it's happening. Yes. <laughs> it's so true. They're yeah. just, yes, that is true. I mean, I think it depends on the guy, but yes, uh, yes most of my marriage was just happy it's happening. Happy it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> happy to be here, guys. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do. I think it's a mind game too. I mean, so much of it is just quieting your brain and figuring yeah. out. Well, because I try so hard because you have, we have so much going on these days and not even, not even moms, but just the digital age. Yeah. We have so many programs running in our head and it's so hard to disconnect that sex, I mean, we can talk about sex even as a form of self-care. And like We a, need to have an episode yes, on that, actually. Of really forcing yourself to yes. experience it. We need to have an episode on sex as self-care and, and masturbation. Yeah. We need oh, to do that yes, too. Everyone's do. asked for that. <gasps> That's a great one. We need to do that. We also need to have a talk, I think, too, about talking to, and it's a weird segue, but talking to our daughters about masturbation. You know, I have kids all different ages, and I try not to be too awkward because it's it's hard for them. You know, it's hard for me sometimes, too. But just saying the words to them was more than I ever got. And I think if I just, if someone would have just told me that I should and that I need to explore my body. Yeah. My life may have gone so differently. (laughs) Oh, it's so true. It's so true. And then I think the other conversation that we have to have with our kids, 
which we should do a whole episode on this too, is how to talk our kids down from porn culture because they're learning about sex from porn. Well, and then they're not going to be able to even reach orgasm in real life because they're conditioned their brain. Oh God, that is a whole thing. That's a whole thing. And um, erectile dysfunction. Yes. Men not being able to get it up with their partner because they require so much stimulation. And then the shame they carry because of that. Totally. Oh yeah, this is going to be like a five-parter. I know. All right. We're going to come back to the sex topic because we're going to talk with Matthias Roberts at the end. Um, Sex Without Shame is the name of his book. It's very good. Um, But let's take a quick segue and talk about our self-care check-in. How is your new year, new you? New new year, same me. New year, same you. When I was younger, I used to really put a lot of weight on New Year's resolutions. Yeah, I did too. And then I would feel really bad about myself that I, Mm -hmm. I used to work in the gym industry. And so this was like, you know, go time. Everybody, you know, the gyms are going to be busy for the next 60 days. Yep. And then, (laughs) and then everyone goes back to their normal life. But I really try to just, um, not really set resolutions. Yeah. More just kind of be more intentional. Yeah. And my big thing this year is to just create more, less, not more waste, create less waste specifically Mm. with plastics. Uh Uh-huh. And so we're doing that as a family. Okay. And, you know, we all... So what, are, what are some of the things you're doing? So water bottles. For me... Yes. Okay, I own, like, 12 freaking Hydro Flasks, okay? Uh-huh. But I am still, you know, on the go, because I constantly live in my yep. freaking car, buying water. Are you? I am, because I'm just, like... And I also don't always plan the best. Yeah. And so I'm... Or not just that, but, you know, plastic bags. Um, okay, I'm going to offer a suggestion on the water. Because hmm. my kids like the Hydro Flasks, too. They're, they're fantastic. But if you don't need cold water, I personally think they're too heavy. I don't even like cold water. Same. It hurts my teeth. So the Hydroflex, it's just, it's a lot to carry around. They're heavy. They're bulky. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the Nalgene bottles that I'm always carrying? Yes, two of them are at my house. Yeah. Course. Okay. Which is great because the cap doesn't come off. The cap doesn't come off. Yes. I mean, I know this sounds so like minor, but I really truly think the fact that the cap is attached. Oh, it's the only reason you still have them. It's a game changer. Yeah. Absolutely. So they can't take the caps off. Nobody can lose the cap. Um, these Nalgene bottles, I'll link them up in the show notes. They're BPA-free, you yeah. know, first of all. Um, but they're very lightweight. And they feel, I, I would say the weight of them in a purse feels the same as a water bottle that you Absolutely. purchase. Absolutely. The kids link them around their backpacks, yes, too. Yes, which is yeah. nice. Um, and it's a wide mouth, which I mm-hmm. like. So it has more of the feel of drinking from a cup and than a water so bottle. And they're so light. They're so light and just washer safe. So I probably buy eight of those a year. Oh, wow. And that's all we use. If we're going to a park, if we're going to the yeah. fair, I'm like, grab an algene, grab an algene. I feel like we've used those for like mommy sodas too. Um, you and I have definitely <laughs> used them as roadies. Yeah. I have definitely had a lot of gin and tonic out of those. In fact, I cats. had... Yes, I had cats. <laughs> we, we went, Claire and I went and hate watched cats. Oh my God, you guys, it was so bad. So bad. <sighs> oh, so bad. I don't... I don't I, do we need to talk about that? Well, you know, here's just... I mean, I'm just going to say no one wants to see it. It's so bad. This is going to sound dramatic, and then we won't talk about it anymore. It is literally the worst movie I've ever seen in yeah. my entire life. I I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's fair. And, you know, it would be one thing if it was campy for the sake of being campy. Totally. But it's not. It seemed like they tried. I know. Failed. It's not. I mean, it's not like, you know, like... Um, What's the movie? Rocky Horror Picture Show or something like that where it's terrible, but it's supposed to be terrible. Well, so that you can laugh at it right. and enjoy it. This yeah. was just us with our mouths wide open yeah. for 90 minutes going, why? Well, I also, I, I do have to say it should be no surprise because Cats the Musical was always terrible. Yes. It is literally a musical where like 10 cats introduce themselves each with a different song. Yeah. 
That's, that's it. That's the whole movie. That's it. And yep. then one gets picked to go to heaven? And or... did we also ever figure out what an angelical cat I believe a angelical a... cat. <laughs> I believe that means a street cat. Okay. So it's it's not a house cat. It's okay. a cat that lives on the street that, you know, I don't know. We it's can't, so we, bad. We just can't ever get those two hours back. But, you know, we had fun watching we it. We did. We, there was a big group of us. We pretty much I took over the whole I couldn't believe how many theater. people came. I know. And we were just laughing and talking back. <laughs> so much commentary. I mean, my only thing about cats, and I think I mentioned this to you, is there's a part of me, my, you know, Enneagram 3... Yes. Wing two that wants to figure out a script for watching cats in the same way that you would watch Rocky Horror and just make it into a cultural phenomenon. Oh my gosh, that is such a three. Where you learn lines and you, you know, like you go to make fun of it corporately. I feel like Lauren, your friend Lauren, would be a good person to bring on for that. that. (laughs) She would be. Totally. Sorry, we like totally went off on a. We went off. But anyway, try the Nalgene. But. Claire and I are sitting here at my desk. Have you seen this? Kristen okay, is drinking what I'm out holding of a gallon up right now. <laughs> what I'm holding up, it looks like a water jug that you put on top of a water dispenser. Yeah, it's like a water cooler. It's shaped like that. Yeah, it's shaped like a water cooler, but it's this is 32 liters. Do you drink that? It's a half drink? gallon. Um, this is my second one today. What? But, you know, okay. But don't you pee so much? So much. I need to pee so bad right now. Okay. <laughs> Um, the only reason I'm not peeing is because we're in my room and there's no door to the bathroom. Um, which I would actually pee in front of you. I mean, I put your deodorant on for you before. Um, so this thing I got from Amazon, it's giant. It's 32 liters. So my goal was to drink a whole thing of it every day. And then another, like, this is just, this is total diva about water, but I did get that Berkey thing. Yes. Which is a water filtration system and it. I swear to you, it makes the water taste better. Oh, for sure. So I take this downstairs. I fill it up with the Berkey water. I bring it upstairs. And yes, I'm. this is my second of the day. So do you feel the more water you drink, the more water you want to drink? Yes. Okay. I struggle with but water. But I was, I was too. That's why I bought that thing. I was really struggling. And it's just weird just having it on my desk with the good water. Yes. Because w- normally I'm upstairs. My room's upstairs. Normally I would just fill it from the sink in the bathroom. Oh. But if I walk downstairs and get the yeah. good water, you've also like earned it. I know, like you like fancy, like you have like gone to the extra length. Yes. It's like making tea for yourself. Like yeah. it's like fancy water. Yeah, yeah, I can. I see that. Okay, so anyway, you're trying to reduce waste. So yes. water bottles. I think you should buy the Nalgene's. Yeah, for sure. Um, we have re- so many kids too, like coming in and out. The, the cap thing really is a game changer. It is because I have so many freaking water bottles that we lost the caps. Oh, for, for sure, so like we're never going to use no. them again, and they're horrible to store because. Ugh. It's like, do I put the cap on? Especially but then, in our drawers when they like you know that clanking oh, sound. Oh, I know. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then how um how are you trying to are you doing the grocery bag thing? You already did that, grocery, don't you? You know, like it's I have so many great intentions. I know. I forget. Every time I'm like standing in line to check out, I'm like, oh, the bags in the back of my car. And like meanwhile, I have four thousand bags in my car because I just keep Same. putting more bags I don't Same. use in there. Yeah. Um, but water bottles big for me. Um, straws. Mm-hmm. And then like mm-hmm. when I get takeout, which. I get takeout more often than I should even admit. Letting them know we don't need napkins and we don't uh-huh, need forks. Because uh-huh. I throw away so many things like from DoorDash so that I don't need. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Starbucks. Yeah. That's my killer. Yeah. But I'm really trying to just cut down that anyway. Yeah. For financial reasons and for oh, my yeah. health. But I drink cold coffee. Mm-hmm. And so I'm using like straws and caps. And yeah. So 
it's our intention as a That's family. Good. And I have a son who, if you don't do what you intend to do, he is going to hold you accountable. Oh. So he's all over it already. Nice. Yeah. Letting me know how I've already failed. Have you dipped your toast into composting yet? No, but you have that really cute compost thing that I love on your counter. Um, that I've never used. Oh, okay. Well, you know what's funny? So Claire lives in my old house. Yes, like five houses down. When I lived in that house, I composted. Where? All the time. I had a bin in the backyard. Oh. And I just haven't put my bin together. But our city trash will take compost, too. Where did you do it? Like, next to the trash cans? Or did you do it in the ground? In the backyard. Okay. No, I had it... Um, it was like an above ground bin that you rotate. Got it. Like it had like a handle on it that you rotate in a circle. Oh, you, Buck would love that. Yeah, you should just get one. You can get them on Amazon. Right. Well, I might be talking about that the next podcast. Because then you can compost like um, brown bags, food, yes. you know, all that kind of stuff. Because when we go to Traders, I do get yeah. brown bags. Yeah. Which we end up using those brown bags for so many things. Same. Yeah. I wrapped half my Christmas presents in those brown bags. Did, Did you, you really? Uh huh. No. I always wrap gifts in them. So oh, that's I just smart. cut down. Down the side of the bag. <laughs> Meanwhile, the sure I, I bought brown craft paper. How dumb. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> it, it actually looks really cute. It does. It's more. It's a little bit more worn. It is. Yeah. It's worn and it's thicker. And then I'll tie it with like a twine that's like red and white. Yeah, like candy so, cane. Yeah. So yeah. it looks super cute. Uh, but yeah, you just cut down the side and you cut the bottom off and then you have like a whole... Grace used it this year to cover her books, her school yeah. books, mm-hmm. which was so funny because I haven't seen anyone do that in so long. I haven't either. I didn't know she did that. Yeah. Like with her markers. I'm know. actually shocked India didn't do that. I thought she got the idea from India, actually. No, I don't, well, I don't know, actually. Who I've, knows? Do, have I ever seen one of her school books? No, no. I have not. They're in her locker. <laughs> in her very decorated locker. It's really cute. Have you it's seen like it? It's like themed. Yeah, yeah, it's really cute. It's absurd. Her and a few other girls, they all really went for it. They did. Someone has, not our girls, another friend has a disco light. Oh, that turns India, on. India wanted that. That rotates. Yeah. yeah. By the time we went back, though, for all that stuff, it was, it was gone. gone. Yeah. yeah. Next whatever. year. Poor, poor children. So what is your... Mine, I mean, like you, it's like I used to be really big about about them. Now I kind of feel like, you know, any time is a good opportunity to, you know, yeah. make commitments. But I'm trying to get outside more. That's mine. Because I I work from home and my kids live really close. I can go for days and not really leave my house. Well, other than like just like taking them to school and dropping them off. Yeah. 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 I mean, or sometimes I don't even do that. To be fair, you also have, like, made your house so awesome now after so much construction. That's true. Like, you want to be able to enjoy your home. And I do. But I really want to be outside in nature every day. Yeah. That, for me, is the best antidepressant, the best anti-anxiety, like, getting outside. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, too. That, too. So. And we live in such a beautiful place. Well, and that's my thing, too. I I mean, it kills me that I pay so much in property taxes and for my house. Everything. So that I live close to the beach. That we never go to. And then I don't go. No. Kills me. It kills me. And it's none of our kids are like beach sports kids They're either. Not. I kind of always thought like I'd have like a surfer kid. I know. I don't because I no. never take him to the beach. Exactly. <laughs> Ever. No. The only way but that it's my, his fault. The only way that my kids would be surf is, surfers is when they have a car. Yeah. Or yeah. like some other fun mom is taking them. Oh, I know. Yeah, I never take my kids to the beach. It's so terrible. I also don't like to really, like, enjoy the beach experience, but I'm more than willing to, like, go and, like, sit at a sunset. Yes. But I don't, like, I don't enjoy a beach day. I don't enjoy a beach day. I like to go walk on the beach Absolutely. and then be done. 
But no, I don't like sitting there all day. With your kids and the sunscreen yeah. and the sand. Yeah, it's too much. Oh, especially with little kids. Well, we're Lord. complaining about the beach. People hate us I know. right now. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah, as it's like, it's, what is it, outside 65 right now? Maybe it's, 70. It's so beautiful. It's beautiful. It is one of our warmer days that we've had. It it's been For California, it's been pretty chilly. Yeah, it has. All right, what do you have for thumbs up today? Um, two things I actually got for Christmas that I really loved. Ooh. I didn't purchase for myself. Nice. Which is always fun. Yeah. And as I get older, I find... When people give me gifts, I appreciate them so much more than I did when I was younger. Yeah. And I think it's so telling of what people think about you. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I got, oh, I really, really love this. It's so interesting. Okay. It's called Skylar. It is a prefer- perfume palette and it's a clean perfume. Mm-hmm. And also as I've gotten older, I've gotten way more sensitive to fragrance. Yes. I was all about fake fragrance when I was younger. I loved all yeah. those Victoria's Secrets oh, and yeah. Bath and Body Bath Works. Bath Body Works. I can't even walk by Bath no. and Body Works without going into like a yeah. serious sinus problem. It's, night. it's nauseating. And I really love perfume. Yeah. I love, love, love perfume. So this is a clean perfume. doesn't have any of that yucky stuff yep. that the most of them do. And, they have and the a- packaging is adorable. It's so cute. I, I love, I mean, like I buy half the stuff I have because of packaging. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Um, it's clean, hypoallergenic, cruelty-free, and they have one, two, three, four, five, so six different um, scents. And they're little, like, sample sizes in this, like, cute watercolored box. Yes. And it says, like, create your new scent wardrobe. And basically, is I got this as a gift. It's $20. Mm-hmm. And it's an introduction to all of their scents. And if you find that you love one, then you can go ahead and order one. Super fun. And um, the one that I really fell in love with is called Coral. It's kind of like a fruity. Kind of mm-hmm. like a little, maybe can a I smell milk. it? Yeah. A little, oh, it's not in there because I used it all. Oh. That one, though, I think is the other one I love. No, this is the other one I love. Capri. Okay. Let me try that. That one, one is, oh, no, no, this is coral. I'm so sorry. Ooh, I love Capri. It's my second favorite. Escape. The coral is like fruity, but not too much. Mm-hmm. And what I also really like about these is that you can layer them. Oh, my gosh. The coral is really nice. Isn't it fun? Oh, I like them together. And you can do like, yeah, you can put. Um, oh, that's so nice. One of them, you got the, the capri and the coral. It's like a fruity, citrusy smell. Kind yeah. of reminds me of, um, yeah, like a grapefruit and like yeah. a tangerine smell. So anyway, I love that. I love that I could have the palette and then I can choose for myself. Totally. if someone would have picked for me, I wouldn't necessarily like right. it. Um, and I also just. I'm getting excited. There's a lot of companies coming out with clean perfume. I'm yeah. hoping that just industry-wise are going to yes. go more that way. Totally. Because perfumes are so incredibly toxic. Yeah. And they update really just uh, unbalance our estrogens. Yeah. And so I'm excited about this. And my girls are we're loving it too. Yeah. So the ones that I didn't like, they I let them have. Perfect. And they're just all over it. Totally. So the, it's called Skylar. Um, we'll link it in here. The next one, um, it's from Whole Foods. It's a waterproof eye makeup remover. Um, and it has a pump. It doesn't have, like, that greasy slip, mm-hmm. but it takes off waterproof mascara. Nice. It's really um, it's really watery, uh-huh. but it gets the job done. And it's from Whole Foods, right? Yes, so I now, have it so on Subscribe it- and Save Ugh. on Amazon. And is this pretty green? Absolutely. You know, because it's important to me since I'm currently using ponds, <laughs> so clearly green is... But ponds work so good. It does work so good, but I like really need to move away from it. I've used it my whole life. It's pretty clean, mm-hmm. which I had no idea, and I'm so glad because I was letting my daughter use it. Is the I'm saying this wrong? Micellar micellar water. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Garnier. Oh, is surprisingly like, it's a two on the EWG report. That's good. So I wanted to link that too as a really good, you know. Either or are great. Okay, I need to move to this. It's the pump. Because, yeah, I just... Although, I will say this. I do use ponds sometimes, but um, when I wash my face, I use that drunk elephant bar, the white oh, bar. Yeah. 
And I find... Oh, the white bar? The white one. The white soap. It's not really a soap. I have the brown one, too. I actually like the white one better. They're both really great. It's the Peaky Bar, I think. I don't know that one. Okay. Um, But it isn't really a soap. And you can rub that all over your eyes. Yeah. Like, it's, it doesn't sting or anything like Which that. Which is important. <laughs> so I actually usually use that to get my eye makeup off. Does it off. take it all off? It does. Oh, nice. Enough. You know, enough. I used to, for a long time, used to use a moisturizer to take my makeup off. Oh, yeah. Just because it was, it was yeah. easier. Totally. But then it's like you're, you're wasting your really, really I know. good moisturizer. Yeah, but I still will occasionally use Pons. I need to move to this 365 stuff. You know who used Pons? I remember years ago she did it on TV. It was Oprah. Isn't every that funny? single night. She goes, I know I'm not supposed to, but it's the best thing to get my makeup off every day. Yeah. My yeah. mom used it. I mean, it really is so good at getting it makeup just, off. It just takes five seconds. It does. It's like a noxious It smells terrible. You can smell how toxic it is. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, and this is also like really inexpensive. It's under 10 bucks. Yeah. And it lasts a long time. And again, there's those little cotton rounds. Yeah, totally. Two pumps and you're done. Okay, mine. Um, well, speaking of natural fragrance, so I discovered this Adora Therapy. Um, so like a door with an A on the end therapy. It's really pretty. And they have different, um, you can buy that in, in sprays or in rollerballs, but it's just essential oil fragrances. Got it. So it's all based in essential oils. Now, I mean, some people might find this more earthy than they would want for a fragrance, but I personally really like. And I feel like it kind of lasts a little longer. It does. Yeah. 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 So anyway, I really like this yeah. stuff. This one is called the um, Mood Boost Inspired, but they have different ones. Like some are more lavender based. Some are more like Lang Lang based. That smells really good. That smells like super lavender. It smells like a spa. Yeah. Yeah. So Maybe I really like this. smells those. like a spa. I'm down. I know, right? Yes. Um, and these are just like, again, they're all natural. You can throw them in a purse. That'd be a really pretty gift, too. It's like... Yes. It's, I actually did it give It looks those. very expensive. I gave some of those as teacher gifts nice. this year. Um, and then I found a new cleanser that I really like. It's from My Shell. And I've talked about them before because they have a really nice natural SPFs. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is their refining sugar cleanser. And, okay, I'm going to make you feel it. Does it have, like, little, like, micro beads? Oh, it is really, like... Oh, perfect. It's, like, distinct micro beads, but they're very fine. It smells really good. Yes. It's really nice. If you want to eat it. Yes. I know. Oh, wow. I've used a couple of their products before. I haven't seen this. Yeah. It, I think it's new. But, yeah. Um, ex- so, it exfoliates and hydrates. It's really nice. And very nice. Yeah. So, it's like a sugar scrub that you would use in the bath, but it's for your face. Yeah. So you can use it on your face. Yeah. All right. Let's chat with Matthias about sex. Yeah. Okay, hey guys. Well, I'm here with my friend Matthias Roberts, who just wrote a fantastic book about sexual shame and overcoming mm-hmm. sexual shame. It is called Beyond Shame. Matthias, what led you to write a book on sexual shame? Yeah. <laughs> this is like easy topic, right? Totally. <laughs> yeah, so I was I it really came out of going to conferences all over the US. Um, I, I've been doing a podcast for years and because of that, I have to travel a fair amount. Um, but all the time, conversations would come up around sexual ethics, sexual shame. And there was this kind of general air of confusion. Um, yeah. Because like, in my circles, like, w- we all kind of grew up deeply influenced by purity culture. Yeah. And e- even in these religious spaces, there are a lot of people who are realizing, like, this, this didn't work, but I don't know what else there is. That's right. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I've, you know, I've noticed that too. I mean, you and I have a lot in common. I think we grew up in very similar religious upbringings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sort of, we, we haven't, 
walked away from our faith, but we've perhaps walked away from some of the fundamentalism of our faith. Right. right. And you and I both still consider ourselves Christians. And I know mm-hmm. we have listeners from all different faith backgrounds. And I know that right. sexual shame certainly extends beyond religious upbringing. Totally. It's also sort of embedded in our, in our culture. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, when I started reading the book, mm-hmm. I mean, I re- it resonated so much for me. Mm. Um, even as, you know, I'm 45 years old, I feel like I, um, you know, have come to a pretty good understanding and place, but like it, I don't know, like the book was just so profound for me mm. in unfolding a lot of even my own, um, sexual shame. And I really, mm-hmm. you're, you're a therapist, mm-hmm. which I am too. That's another thing we have in common. Right. But I feel like you wrote the book from such a a place of you really dove into the complexity of sexuality. Mm. This wasn't a book that was like, okay, so just no more shame and everybody move on. Like right, right. <laughs> you really you really dove into the fact that sex is complex and it is emotional and we do and it is risky and it's vulnerable and that we do in the midst of finding a new sort of maybe sexual ethic have to bear all of those things in mind. Right. Right. Right, right. because I mean I I I wanted to write a book that acknowledged the, exactly that, the complexity within sexuality, but also take an approach of like, I, I think at least most of us, I know I am tired of people who say, well, here's what you should do. Like, yeah. <laughs> here are the new rules. Right. Here are the, here's what a sexual ethic should look like. Like, I'm over that. And I think a lot of other people are over that too. So I wanted a book that would help not only myself, like work through this <laughs> But help other people journey through the complexity of sexuality and, and not necessarily give a conclusion, but hopefully things to at least work with that will help inform a, a conclusion, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And now I first heard of you because you do a podcast called Queerology, mm-hmm. um, which explores you know, theology and LGBT and, you know, all those issues kind of wrapped up together. Um, and I have really appreciated that podcast so much just in my own learning, because I feel like, again, you, you're really marrying two things that I think for some think are incompatible, which is really taking a theological look at scripture and also being affirming, being gay affirming. Um, how did you stumble into that podcast? And doing that podcast, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it started as kind of a passion project. Um, I had been before I started the podcast. I'd kind of been blogging at those intersections for a while, and then when I realized that, like, like blogging wasn't really the thing anymore, <laughs> people were like, <laughs> "Everyone Why was you? moving to podcasts." <laughs> right, right. Case in point, people were totally. <laughs> Um, people were like, well, well, why don't you do a podcast? And I had, I didn't actually want to, I was like, well, (laughs) no, that sounds like a lot of work. Um, but as I sat with it, I I realized that I had met so many incredible people who lived at these intersections of being people of faith and living into their LGBTQ identities. Um, and up until that point, the conversations that I had been a part of were 
really focused on the, the idea of like, is this okay? Like, is it okay to be a person of faith and queer? Um, but there weren't a ton of conversations around, well, what comes after we've resolved that, right? Like, what what about just living our lives once, we, once we've figured out yeah. whether it is okay or not? Um, and so the show really birthed around this idea of, of talking to people who are doing really interesting work in this world, who live at those intersections. Not every episode is necessarily about faith stuff. Yeah. But those intersections still come up of like, how do we actually live our lives now? Um, and here are people who are thriving, um, who have worked this out within their own lives um, and who are just, you know, living. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I just appreciate that you're coming from a therapy background so much because I feel like while I, I love the fact that even though you're a therapist, you, you have a really personable approach. You don't mm. talk or write like a therapist. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean that right. in all the best ways. Thank you. <laughs> you know, it's, it's very relatable. Mm. Um, you know, but, I, but I just appreciate that sort of thread throughout chorology and also in your book of just mental health, you know, pushing towards our best mental health. And, right. um, and I want to say this too for listeners. Um, you know, I, I know many people know you from Queerology, mm-hmm. but I I want to reiterate that this book I felt um, no one should think is specific to the LGBT community because I, as right. a straight woman, found it very impactful. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this mm-hmm. is a book that is for everyone. Right. Yeah. And I definitely wrote it that way. Like, I, I think originally when I announced the book, folks were like, oh, finally a book on, on queer sexuality. And I was like, no, 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 no. No. Yeah. It's on <laughs> sexuality. <laughs> it, yeah. These are principles that apply in, in my mind to everyone. Um, it's inclusive in ways that I don't yes. think many books are, um, yes. but it, there's a lot in here for, for all of us. Um, well, isn't that the irony? I mean, it should apply to all of us. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's like, I should be able to read a book and the, and one of the examples could be about a same sex relationship and I should still be able to go when all of this applies to my relationship, you know, it's, it's not like we're living these disparate lives where, you know, people in same sex relationships have a whole different set of rules of how they should interact. Totally. Right. I mean, right. And it's that conversation of like the particularity and the broadness of like, we really are the same in a lot of ways and there are differences but of course right like (laughs) but the 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 general the general kind of principles are the same yeah sexuality sexuality totally Mm. we're all walking on vulnerable we're you know we we all have a predisposition to you know wanting belonging and and i you know the part that i really loved is when you really talked about sex and hormones can you talk about that for a minute Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right like the hormones and chemicals that are related to to sex and sexuality yeah um yeah i nerd out on that stuff but i i I find it so fascinating and I, i you presented it in a way that was more information than i've i've ever even gotten really oh that's so interesting yeah yeah, because I think, like, I think, and the point of that chapter is, is really when we understand what's going on chemically within ourselves, in our brains, and within our bodies, it really does help clarify some of those questions of, like, wait a second, I had sex with my partner, and now I don't like them anymore. 
um like mm-hmm. why might that be <laughs> yeah or the reverse like i i had sex with my partner and everything feels better now like there are reasons for that and uh-huh. and i think like when we understand those things um it really gives us better tools to be able to work with all, all of the complexity that's there mm-hmm. um and and being able to do so and present it in a way that's not moralistic, right? Because I think yep. oftentimes we've heard that presented in ways of, well, when you have sex, it's, it's a bond that's created that mm-hmm. that is like spiritual and chemical and, and we're attached and, and which on some ways like is true, but in other ways it's totally not. <laughs> right. Well, and so. then there was that added layer of you've left a piece of yourself with someone else totally. you know, when we're growing right. up. Right. Yeah. It's it. It's so much more complex than that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I I really loved reading it. It's interesting because we, you and I were working on our books at the exact same time. Yes, we like finished in the same weekend, right? We was, did. Well, yeah. except that you finished, and then I had like way more edits. Well. <laughs> <laughs> and they like rushed me through my edits. Yeah, so that well, was, those two months were. Oh I think gosh, your book so. is like it's so timely. It was like let's get this out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but one of the one of the interesting things that came up for me in the writing of my own book that I didn't expect. I didn't think I'd be writing about sexual shame in my own book because mm. it's predominantly a memoir about parenting. Mm-hmm. But you know, as I was writing through my divorce. Um, and and trying to kind of make sense of why did I get married so young, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because I think, you know, why did my marriage fail? I mean, just to be honest, my marriage failed because I got married at 21 mm-hmm. <laughs> without really putting a lot of thought and consideration into, you know, is this the right partner for me? What have you? Right. And as I was writing through that experience, like it really came to me how much sexual shame I walked into college with because mm. I had grown up like you, you know, in that purity culture where we were really told um, if you have had sex before marriage, like you're damaged goods, right? Mm-hmm. And you're a chewed up piece of gum or, you know, all these metaphors for just how, you know, it's like this irreparable thing that you've done. Mm -hmm. Um, And I grew up a a pastor's kid and a youth group kid, and I had sex before marriage in high school. And then I went to Bible college. Mm. And I walked into Bible college thinking, well, I'm going to have to disclose this brokenness to any guy I date. Like, I thought that. Like, right, right, right. Not that I wouldn't need to talk about my sexual history ever, but but I saw it as a liability, like this huge bag of shame. Totally. And the minute I met a boy who accepted it, I felt like, well, I should probably marry him because who else is going to take me? Right, right. right. I, I mean, really, I actually felt that. And then years into my marriage, when there was some stuff that I felt was inappropriate on my spouse's part, I actually had the thought, well, he forgave me for the things I did before I'd met him. Mm-hmm. So I should forgive him. Mm-hmm. Like that's how pervasive my sexual shame was that I truly saw myself as broken, right. you know, and it right. affected my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So your book was just really powerful for me because I think a lot of us are walking around with more shame than we can even articulate as adults. Totally. Yeah. 
Right. Because I, and I think the thing about sexual shame is, is it's, it's so pervasive, um, especially for those of us who, who grew up in, in very religious contexts, um, that it affects us in ways that, that I don't, I don't think we fully realize. I know, I don't think I fully realized mine, right? <laughs> like, totally. even as I wrote this, I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. There's some work I need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it really sets us up. Like, it, it sets us up exactly how you're describing within, within marriages or partnerships, like, to, to, to just things fall apart. And, and then we're left wondering, what went wrong? Yeah. And and a lot of it can be traced back to these messages that we were given about sex and sexuality that that are wrong, mm-hmm. <laughs> quite frankly. Yeah. So. I loved the part when you talked about just, um, you know, every time there was some something even vaguely sexual visually in front of you, your mom being like, cover your eyes. Right. <laughs> like. Right. Yes, and and I mean that's not just in Christian communities either. It's just we do we do straddle children with a lot of sexual shame, and we're in this really weird, you know, season right now where there's so much sexual imagery mm-hmm. that children. I mean, they see it. You know, it's everywhere. Right. It's on billboards. It's everywhere. So much sexual imagery, and yet at the same time we're giving them messages of like don't look at that or don't you know this is bad or you know right. rolling our eyes or whatever it's so mm-hmm. hard well, it is hard because there is that instinct to want to introduce their kids in ways that are developmentally appropriate right like in and full disclosure, I'm not a parent, so I don't even know the complexity of what it's like to do this as a parent. So this is me speaking from. Well, I'm a parent, and I'm still lost. I mean, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, like, I, I get that desire to be developmentally appropriate, and I, I think where the, the tie-in, at least for me, was in my life was that I think good intention on my mom's behalf. Like, I don't think it came out of a bad place. Totally. That that don't look immediately introduced a huge struggle then when I found myself wanting to look right. And then, so my mom is saying, you can't look at this. This is bad. My body is saying, but I want to, I must be bad. And that's where shame hooks us. Um, And that's where a lot of the complexity starts coming in. Yeah. It's, it's hard as a parent to know too, like, you know, there's so much sexuality the kids are seeing everywhere. Um, and it's so readily available too. So, you know, it's like they can look at porn on their phones. They can <laughs> look at porn on their school laptops and, you know, trying to have those talks with my kids of like, it's normal for you to want to look at this, but I'm going to put a filter on your phone and not because I think sex is bad or gross, but because I actually want you to experience sex with another person. Like that's how I want you to learn about sex. Mm -hmm. And that's going to give you a better sex life because pornography is actors and it's, you know, developed by, you know, there's some, you know, there's some male gaze involved and this is probably not giving you an accurate picture of sex. And the best way for you to learn about sex is naturally. (laughs) You know, mm-hmm. but the, right, it's so right. hard. It's it's hard mm-hmm. um, figuring out how to frame all of that in a way that doesn't shame with kids. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And, and I think accepting that reality for for all of us. And I, I think this isn't just for kids, but for those of us who are still working through this. Like, shame is almost inevitable. 
Um, yeah. So the question is then, how do we ourselves learn to work with our shame? Yeah. Um, and how do we teach others to do that as well? Right. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. And I love that. I loved that part of your book too. It was like embracing shame rather than just mm-hmm. like, here, we're just going to completely get rid of it all. It's like, how do we live with it? Like, how do we right. sort of say, hi, I see you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and and then I'm going to, you know, continue to sort of move forward. Right. Right. Which is not easy to do. It's not. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's so much work. And and it's not a fun conclusion. I think when I got to that part of the book and I realized like, oh, this is the direction I've been going the whole time, um, but I just haven't named it yet. Mm. The, the fact that we have to embrace our shame. Mm-hmm. I, I sat at my computer and was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, damn it. <laughs> this isn't what I want. Like... <laughs> We're supposed to get beyond this. And and I think that's the, that's the paradox, right? To it get is. beyond shame, we have to embrace our shame. Um, and that sucks. So, <laughs> But I think it's also a lovely con- con- conclusion for your book because your book is, is full of paradoxes. I mean, you even, you call it that, you know, and, you know, you talk about the fact that sex is healthy and it's also risky or the fact that sex is vulnerable, but also helps us avoid vulner- vulnerability, which I actually... I loved that chapter. Talk talk mm. a little bit about that paradox, like that it makes us vulnerable, but then we can also use sex as a way to like avoid intimacy, which seems crazy, but right. I believe it. Absolutely right. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that, that chapter really plays with this idea that, I mean, I believe sex in some cases can be one of the most vulnerable things we can do with another person Mm -hmm. Um, because it involves so much of who we are physically, emotionally, um, spiritually, even if we define spirituality just as connection with another person, right? It's a spiritual component. Um, All of those things are interplaying when we're having sex or we're getting intimate with another person. Um, And, we can also use sex as a way to completely turn all those things off, right? Um, we, we can use it mm-hmm. for just that dopamine hit or uh-huh. um, or an easy way to get out of an argument. Um, and, and those two things, they can even be interplaying at the same time, right? And so, so that's, that's the, the big paradox of, can be incredibly vulnerable. Yeah. Um, and we can also use it to escape vulnerability yes. um, or not pay attention to parts of ourselves that need to be paid attention to, not pay attention to other people who need to be paid attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, and both of those things happen quite frequently yeah. <laughs> in our sex lives. Yeah. Maybe even at the same time. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. yeah I loved, I, I just really did love just the nuanced approach you took to all of this, that there's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not that sex is always avoidant or it's not that sex is always connecting. Like sometimes it's all of it. <laughs> right. 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 Which and some, sometimes it's risky and sometimes it's, you know, safety and sometimes it's both at the same time. Mm-hmm. 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 It, and in some ways, like I, I think it's both freeing to, to work through those things, but it also can be really frustrating to yeah. have to work with all of that complexity. Yeah. Um, and, but in my mind, that really is the way forward. It helps us chart a path. Well, I think so too. I mean, I think, you know, 
all of the concepts in your book are concepts that anyone who's sexually active are dealing with. You're giving a name to it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's like, we can just decide, like, I don't want to think about this, but we're we're still grappling with it. And, you know, to me, it's like naming things and going into our sex lives with more knowledge um, Mm -hmm. is always going to make us, you know, make better choices. Right. Right. And and even folks who aren't sexually active, like I I tried to even write this in a way that someone who isn't sexually active could approach the book and find things too, because I think oftentimes these, these dynamics also work their ways out within ourselves as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, and in, I mean, I argue in the book, like, even if we're not having sex with another person, most of us are still very sexual beings. Yeah. Um, so whether that be our, our masturbation lives yeah. um, or just our internal fantasy lives, like these dynamics still play out within us. Um, and so we can still work with our own shame and sexual shame, even without being sexually active. If, if not being sexually active is part of our values. Um, Cause for some folks it is. And, and that's not a bad thing. Totally. Um, so it, it, it's complex even in that, in that sense. Um, well, this is, you know, a podcast about self care. Do you, do you think that sex is a part of self care? I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, ultimately the, the thread of the argument throughout the book is that that sex is about connection yeah um and sex can either connect us or disconnect us i think connection is a deeply caring thing Mm -hmm. um so whether that be with our own selves right of, of connection with it with our own selves that can be so caring we can be so tender with ourselves and and i think um sexuality can help us do that or whether that be connection with another person. Yeah. Um, there's a level of care that comes in with that when we work with our shame um, to connect us to a, a broader world, um, which is which is deeply caring because we're relational people. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think, too, a lot of our listeners are women. And, you know, the idea of sex as self-care for women, I think is really liberating because I think a lot of us have been both socialized, but then also within relationships reinforced that sex is a thing that we do to care for someone else. That women, you know, and that's just that, you know, that is, that's just a socialization thing that, you know, you'll hear, you hear the jokes, you know, it's like, oh, get it out of the way when you're talking Mm -hmm. about sex or um, get it, get it, over with so then you don't have to do it for another week like you hear women joke about this all the time like i'm too tired but he wants it so and it's like i about 10 years ago that was a reframe that was really powerful for me is no i'm going to have sex because i want and need to have sex not because Mm -hmm. someone else needs me to and if we can move out of that mindset of it's for someone else and into a mindset of this is for me (laughs) Right. I think right. that's really powerful. It's hugely powerful. Um, I, I, I think, I mean, to, to put that into my, my own language, because I, I can't obviously speak as a woman, but as a queer post person, some of those messages are similar. I bet. Um, and, and to be able to, to take my own sexuality and claim it. Mm-hmm. And it's so empowering to then say, you know what? I can use this. <laughs> yeah. I can use this for pleasure, right. which is something that 
even still makes me squirmy a little bit to mm-hmm. just talk about doing something for the sake of pleasure, mm-hmm. which is a socialization thing, right? It is, like, yeah. <laughs> so all of that ties in to, to deep empowerment um, yes. as, as we work with our shame. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I just appreciate your book so much. I, um, I mean, my hope is that everyone, you know, feels empowered in their own sexuality and that it's something that people can find freedom and pleasure and enjoyment and connection with. And I think your book is moving people in that direction. I hope so. That was the goal. So, yeah. Well, before we end, I wanted to ask you, um, we often ask our guests to give us two thumbs up of something that is giving them life right now, something that they are enjoying or that is enhancing or improving their self-care. What is that for you right now? Yeah. So, I've been thinking about this because you warned me. Um, (laughs) So, there are two things. Um, One I just was in the last week started using a vitamin C serum on my face. And, Ooh, which one? Oh my gosh. It's, it's by the ordinary. Oh yes. I don't remember such a which one, one it is. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like I am even within this week, I'm like looking in the mirror being like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. Um, and so, the ordinary is great because it's not that spendy. No, it's not. It's I mean, reasonable. it's like almost everything is less than ten dollars, yeah. which is just miraculous. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Yeah, so vitamin C serum is one. And then my go-to for self-care, I know people knock bubble baths all the time, but bubble baths aren't (laughs) self-care. But for me, like that dark room with a candle, Epsom salts, lavender, bubbles, like that can cure a wide variety of things. Oh, Um, heck yeah. I'm a total (laughs) bath person. I take a bath every other day. Do you? Good. For sure. Every other day. And it's uh, always got a lot of things in it. Yes. The Epsom salts, the lavender. (sighs) It's so important. It's a game changer. Yeah. My naturopath actually was like, no, Epsom salts, like, do a lot of really beneficial things. Yeah. Both physically, but also energetically. Yes. Um, and I've noticed it. Like, and again, affordable. Mm-hmm. It's, right. They're really affordable. Like They're so affordable. Throw a scoop in your bath for a buck. Right. Right. <laughs> it's just the best. So totally. I love those it. Those are my two things. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Where where um, can people find you online? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm across the internet at Matthias Roberts. Uh, Matthias with two T's. Uh, so MatthiasRoberts.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, it's all there. So mm-hmm. people can go find that on Amazon and I'm assuming everywhere books are sold. Everywhere books are sold. We're, we're also doing, if you order the book by January 10th, we're, we're actually giving away a bunch of bonus content. But but one thing I'm super excited about is a masterclass called Four Practices You Can Start Now to Move Beyond Shame um, with Linda K. Klein, who's a who's an expert at, oh, on awesome. sexual shame. And yes. it's incredible. So if you order by January 10th, um, you can go to beyondshamebook.com and and figure and see how to actually get that content. Um, but it's it's so worth it. <laughs> Love it. It's an incredible thing. So okay, that's awesome. Well, we'll link yeah. all of that up on all of our social channels as well. Matthias, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. This has been so much fun. Thanks for joining us. Continue the self-care conversation with us over at Instagram at at Selfie Podcast. And make sure to join our uber supportive community that we love on Facebook by searching for Selfie Podcast Community. You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at selfiepodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to Selfie on iTunes. 
but you can catch up with us next week. Special thanks to Shepherd Audio for providing our music. Take care.